You wanted the best. You got the best. In strong language and adult content. The hottest podcast in the world. Slowly we rock. Hey everybody, welcome to Slowly We Rock, Metal's funnest and dumbest podcast. How are you guys doing out there? Hope you're all good, hope you're staying safe, and I hope you have not gone insane from boredom. How could you? Because it feels like the world's kind of either coming to an end or about to be born anew as something beautiful. Hard to tell. <laughs> but uh, I am your host, James, and as ever, I am joined by one Lewis. Say hi. Hi. And one Dan, also say hi. Hi. Thank you very much. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Exciting times right now. Yeah, never a dull moment, right? Yeah. Mm. Personally, mm. Dull, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the world, the world is just fucking wild at the moment. So yeah, I guess yeah. Uh, we'll. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, yeah, we've never shied away from discussing like political stuff on the podcast. Uh, but I guess we, I think I can say with confidence that we all stand in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. <laughs> oh, absolutely. hundred percent. I can't imagine that's going to be a surprise. I hope it's not a surprise to, to anyone listening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what vibe we've been giving up. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess we haven't spoke about that many black bands for the most part. Yeah. We, hey, we, we did the Finn Lizzy um, special. Okay, yeah. uh, we've talked yeah. about Kjossich Engage. Yeah. Um, Leonardo. We, ta- we talked. We, yeah, we talked about Leonardo. We talked about like Guns N' Roses. You know. Okay. We we talked about um, black artists definitely for sure. Good. Um, well, that's that's the that's the. So only... there we go. We've hit the quota. We're done. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. Well, that's, yeah. that's the only concern uh, as to why and that might come as a surprise that we're supporters of yeah. the Black Lives Matter <laughs> movement. Yeah. I hope. I hope. Yeah. Just to keep things balanced, we need to do a Burzum episode now. You know, really just. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, make sure do that a, uh, we stay neutral. Do a follow-up episode called uh, Black Lace Matters. Uh, we... <laughs> we got the completely wrong end of a stick. We just saw the initials. Uh, hadn't read the news and just assumed it was about Black Lace. We've got a uh, we've got a guest speaker as well, who's either someone from the EDL or maybe one of Black Lace. No one really knows. <laughs> Could have been in the band. We, we just at some saw point. him shouting by a statue. <laughs> 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 He was singing Agadu by a statue, and we figured uh, we'd get him on the podcast. Yeah, we'll be hearing from him later, and his wild, wild views. <laughs> so many sentences starting with the phrase, I'm not racist, but... <laughs> yeah, I really do get that uh, get that impression yeah. from, from all members of Black Lace. <laughs> I genuinely don't think I've ever met anyone who started... I know it's a cliche, but I don't think I've met anyone who's actually said, I'm not racist, but... Oh, I have. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sure. I, yeah. I don't doubt it. Just um, nothing comes I guess to mind. For a lot of our uh, listeners who may not know, um, I'm mixed race. Uh, my mum's uh, what? black. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Uh, I guess for people, yeah, if people just listen, uh, my no, dad's white. But um, yes, yeah, so, and uh, I've I've had that conversation like a gazillion times where people like try and explain their views to you. And they want you to agree to validate it. <laughs> like, oh, no. I'm like, mate, I just want to get out of this taxi. <laughs> It'd be funny if it wasn't so serious, half this yeah. stuff, honestly. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, I, I think the biggest eye-opening thing for me is the realization that Rage Against Machine are a political band. <laughs> I still can't believe I had to look that up. I still can't believe there are people that are really surprised. Yeah, absolutely by that. incredible. Why uh, can't they rage with the machine? <laughs> yeah, who, who is it who heard like a song like "Take the Power Back" and they thought it was a song about like <laughs> religious conservatives, you know, fighting for their yeah. freedom? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, but I it's mean, like just killing him in the name of. Yeah, precisely. Yeah, like, just pretty much any fucking thing they've ever done or said, <laughs> like, or stood for, or their stage show, or words that are written on Tom Morello's guitar. Yeah, it's have you seen it's um, insane? Sabbath have done a charity shirt. They launched it today, I think, indeed. or yesterday. Uh, with the Master Master of Reality logo, but it just says Black Lives Matter. I love it. It's awesome because I saw Tom Morello wearing one the other day and I think that they decided to make it into an actual charity uh, shirt, which is amazing. I I think um, Geezer Butler um, commented on that picture as well, uh, just saying, great tasting shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because it's like the ultimate, um, it's the ultimate like Black Sabbath, like iconography. I'm actually wearing a Sabbath t-shirt today, funnily enough. Nice. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it's it's like my favourite Sabbath album cover, I think. Mm-hmm. Got some it's good, just iconic, like, isn't it? Yeah, it's just the simplicity of it. It's so perfect. And also about 10 million like Stoner Rock bands have just put their own names in that font as well. And I will always approve of it. So yeah, I was, uh, I'm was. i tempted to uh, to get one of those for myself. But um, yeah, I absolutely love the idea that someone listened to Rage Against Machine and like it just never clicked for them. Well, someone well, tried I, to attack Tom Morello specifically um, yeah. to stay out of politics, but oh. he's got a degree <laughs> in political science from... I think Harvard. Yep, from Harvard. Uh, and obviously every single bit of music that he's ever uh, put out, pretty much. Do you, do you want me to just uh, read and I think tweet? his family are very political as well, anyway, I think. His his actual response to it is incredible. Have you got it to hand? Yeah. Um, okay, so <laughs> the actual original tweet is absolutely brilliant. Mm. But the guy tweets, at Tom Rello, I used to be a fan uh, until your political opinions come out. <laughs> Music is my sanctuary, and the last thing I want to hear is political BS when I'm listening to music. As far as I'm concerned, you and Pink are completely done. (laughs) (laughs) Keep ruining your mouth and ruining your fan base. Thumbs up emoji. (laughs) Wait, what? Raising its machine are done if you keep talking about politics. And Pink, too. (laughs) (laughs) Just two very disparate uh, choices, um, really. Twitch Morello replied, Scott. What music of mine were you a fan of that didn't contain political BS? I need to know so I can delete it from the catalogue. <laughs> Amazing. I think one of his previous responses were what you were saying, Nelms. Uh, it was like, uh, it's like, actually, you don't have to have um, a, half a degree in political studies in order to have a political opinion. He's like, yeah. but I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's just mad. And it's all these people that... They somehow think that they, them, they're saying that they're not going to listen to the music anymore is going to have an effect. Uh, like imagine if Tom Morello backed down uh, <laughs> because some idiot on the internet said that he wasn't going to listen to his music anymore. <laughs> oh, dude, Honestly, I'm you'd be hard pressed to listen to most music and not get anything political from it at some point. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's also, a, but who, who, who changed your world, Tom? It's like Keith, 58. Hates the wife. <laughs> <laughs> Opinions on my own. <laughs> oh, God. 
Uh, I, don't, I don't remember his name, but he was wearing sunglasses and he was in a car and he took a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> also, if if someone stops listening to his music, it's like, isn't what's he got to worry about? Like he was putting out music when people actually bought CDs. Like he's made millions. Yeah, <laughs> he's he is safe. Yeah, yeah. horse is bolted there. You're not going to have much impact on him at this point. <laughs> Jim, you were at the at the protest here in Bristol, and it I was yeah. It, I um I couldn't make it, and uh, even from here, like you could just feel an energy. The whole city just felt alive. Just everyone's social media blowing up. There was, I can't even imagine how it felt to be there, man. Uh, yeah, it was very inspiring. Um, I kind I walked up uh, on my own, um, and I guess with the, especially with like the um, with like COVID and everything, and people in lockdown you don't know how many people are actually going to sort of turn up on the day. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you see in America, like thousands of people and stuff like that. And even in London as well, but you know, you just, you never know. Um, but as I was walking through town, I saw more and more people walking towards the college green, uh, with signs, uh, and just, you know, lots of support and like a very diverse bunch of people as well. The mm-hmm. thing that made me kind of chuckle was a week after the protest, and as most people probably saw in the news, the statue of uh, Edward Colston was pulled down. Um, there were groups of people protecting statues for, for whatever reason. <laughs> oh, my favourite. Oh, my God. These guys, the, you know, the All Lives Matter kind of crew, and it's hilarious because, like, the, those gangs of uh, people, the Statue Avengers, are a very narrow, very specific part of the population whereas like the black lives matter protest had like the most diverse crowd of people you could possibly imagine yeah um mm. but yeah there was like you know ten thousand strong there and um just listening to these voices um kind of share their experience and their feelings in particular um there were there were a couple of women who spoke that like the the passion in their voices was like absolutely inspiring like i welled up a few times uh, not ashamed to say, like it really yeah. moved me. Um, with the statue uh, sort of being pulled down, I was literally right in front of it. Your timing just, was incredible. Just by sheer yeah. luck. Yeah. You were sending us photos and videos as it was going on, and then next thing you know, it's all over world news. Yeah. Because I didn't know that you were like, you were filming them until after that had actually happened. You're like, yeah, dude, this is yeah. <laughs> this is where I, I thought it was just shared from someone else. No, it's yeah. So, I, you, you were right there. We, uh, we were sort of passing the statue by and it had been covered up in like a tarpaulin. And I wasn't sure whether someone had done that either to protect the statue or maybe someone thought like, we just don't want to see this today. We don't even want to look at this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, people were throwing eggs at the plinth and put a part of the tarpaulin to come off. And so people uh, climbed up the statue, took the tarpaulin off. And I figured initially, again, the plan was just to get a better view of it, just to throw eggs, you know, just to pelt mm-hmm. the statue. Then the ropes came out. Uh, and I, was like, <laughs> well, I was like, whoa, you must have bought those from home. Like people came out with like, you know, they were angry and they wanted something to be done. And doesn't, you know, it's not surprising the, light, the slightest because that statue in particular has been like a point of contention for a lot of people understandably yeah. for years and very little has been done about it. Yep. And they've tried uh, democratically They've tried, as well. yeah. Oh. They, they have tried, yeah. There have been petitions to get that 
statue removed for long before any of us were in Bristol. Mm. Like, I think long before we were, we were born. Yeah. They even tried to just, which was rubbish in my mind, but they tried to get a second placard on there with all his bad, awful qualities. Atrocities. Um, because if you look at the original placard, there's no mention at all of slave trading in the slightest. Um, and even that, they couldn't get the wording right on it, apparently. So they didn't even bother putting that up. Yeah, yeah. it's... It's absurd. Well, I don't, I don't know about you, Nelms, but I only learn history from statues. Yeah, well, apparently so there's a huge majority of people, yeah. so many fucking historical experts and really, you know. That's that's why there's value. all the statues of Hitler about, because we'd never know who he was if there weren't statues of him everywhere. Exactly. Yeah, yep. exactly. I had to have one erected in my garden so I could understand what happened in the war. <laughs> but... um. We were, um, yeah, when uh, when the statue came down very quickly, uh, and it's funny because like as soon as it came down, I think there was someone in the crowd who, I don't know what had happened to them, but they had like, I think they'd basically like, they they were a bit bloody. Mm. Uh, I don't know if it was like in trying to sort of pull the statue down or anything like that. But so because mm-hmm. there was like an ITV news crew there who immediately started like filming this guy with a bloody face even though there was, like, you know, people on top of the plinth, you know, posing, really? and talking, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I think because, you know, you know what, they, what they'd, what like, you know, want to kind of frame the story as. And you look at a lot of the language that was used in yes. the press and stuff like that and by, like... Especially the between the two weekends. Yeah, precisely. It was very, um, it was very problematic. Um, but then, you know, people started climbing the plinth and they had a megaphone and started speaking. Like, God, the energy was absolutely... It was inspiring. I when I when I finally got home uh, that evening, I just had to lay down. It was so overwhelming. Uh, it must have been exhausting feeling. emotionally. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and then seeing the news sort of spread across the world and seeing all these, you know, very influential figures and people I'd look up to who'd seen that. Uh, seen the Ice, Cube? Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Ice Cube. There you go. One hood. So seeing Ice Cube basically. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I think- I've seen Tom Tom Morello like. Uh, retweeting it and I was like that was a thing and then seeing across like the rest of the country across the rest of the world Mm. like these statues start to be uh, taken down uh, in a more I guess I mean you know they were taken down by like local government stuff like that it's like yeah they actually listened you know yeah people around the world listened and you know you you want to be you know it was it was crazy absolutely crazy I think Um, like you were saying, I think the media were trying to, before the actual protest, were trying to probably make it look like, use the word riots and thugs and yeah, all that stuff. But there really was very little, if any, incidents in the slightest. So I think they had no choice but to yeah, actually show exactly. like how the, it actually went rather than I, try and paint it as some kind of like acts of violence. If, or um, yeah, if, um, the, um, if the statue hadn't come down and been thrown in the river... Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't think you could use any language like that whatsoever. No. Uh, and even then, like, it, I, I was there, bang smack in the middle, and say like, oh, the extreme, the extreme left were, you know, sort of thugs, or whatever. It's like, no, that like that was not the crowd. Just you know, lots if, of Bristolians. If, yeah, exactly. Just lots of people from all sorts of walks of life, you know, who had just had enough after like years and years. I love um, it. Got dumped in the river. Yeah. I also love, I don't know if you saw, but Google Maps updated within 20 minutes <laughs> to where if you look up Edward Colston statue, it was now located in the harbour uh, and it said permanently closed underneath it as well. 
dream um which i loved yeah it just the whole the whole thing just made me um very very proud to be here hmm. uh in bristol cool. uh yeah it was it was a it was a big moment for me definitely uh and i'm glad lots of people got to see it you know that's the nice thing about social media you know even if uh, you weren't able to turn up you can show, i think you can sincerely show support as well mm-hmm. yeah uh, there's so many ways to donate money online and stuff now as well yeah and yeah it's um it's just i think it's just important for everyone to remember that um this movement doesn't end when a hashtag stops trending you know um yeah there's, I, there's so 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 much work to be done and i think one of the most amazing like it was unfortunate how it came about because um she was attacked and it was caught on camera but you know the following the weekend is gone there was like a huge uh sort of like black trans lives matter protest and that's just highlighted like another issue which i think you know so many people would just never have considered yeah um mm-hmm. and obviously it's pride month as well so uh it's amazing to see people coming out uh not, you know, because pride celebrations aren't really going to happen this year because of COVID, but also to still see that people are coming out like in support is just absolutely amazing. So, yeah, it, it feels... Uh, it feels more of a lip service to me this time, I think, yes. at the moment. It yes. might be my bubble, but yeah. it doesn't seem to have gone anywhere. It doesn't seem to have gone away, rather, sorry. Um, yeah. People showing support and stuff. And, I mean, obviously, it's social media, so you kind of just see what your friends see and you all have similar things but i've noticed it's sticking around a bit more than i would have in the past i think i think in addition to that though there's i think there's so much kind of you've had so many people exposing themselves online as being fucking idiots by their response to this that Mm. everyone that does support you know that is supporting uh this absolutely necessary movement is so kind of impassioned uh and, and enraged at any kind of negative response to this that people are now starting to call out you know friends family members that before it might have been like oh turn a blind eye to this because oh it's just that guy being that guy again or whatever Mm. i'm seeing none of that now it's someone says something you know ignorant in the slightest people are like no look here's why it's important here's why you're wrong here's evidence you know um i'm seeing some really really constructive conversations happening yeah. and people willing to educate because this this is the thing i mean there's there are so many people who have probably never met a person of color who live in you know some middle of nowhere uh place in the uk that's never been to a city or anything like that uh that seems very vocal about what you know what these uh these protesters are acting like or anything it's like no do, like you cannot even begin to understand it, yeah that privilege like it's yeah it's just taking up so much using up so much oxygen and taking so much focus away but then this these are the people that the message is trying to reach right it's like yeah listen like please you need to have like some empathy and some understanding yeah. for other people's situation um it's funny that you know and I think a lot of this is to do with general, just like the state of political tribism uh, mm-hmm. at the moment. But people taking a stance against an anti-racist movement. <laughs> well, this, well, did they, I? I don't want to kind of discuss it too much. I don't think they deserve any uh, light of day. It's just the morons at the weekend. The morons at the weekend. The, uh, <laughs> the, the statue, statue of Avengers. Patrol. The, the, yeah. the, the statue of. Oh. <laughs> so they they were 
um, an anti-Antifa brigade to protect war memorials, which were not under target from anyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're anti-fascists the to, <laughs> to protect statues of our greatest move against fascism twice, who then ended up doing Nazi salutes. It's incredible the mental gymnastics, plinth. isn't it? F- Honestly, it's... If, yeah. if you ever need an example of how dumb racism is, that's it right there, right? <laughs> yeah. They all got pissed in the Bristol one. Well, a lot of them did. They were hands out alcohol. Um, they actually were leaving... Em- <laughs> you couldn't make this up. They were actually leaving like empty tins and fag butts and stuff, cigarette butts, um, all around yeah. the base of the cenotaph from where they've been protesting. Jesus That's Christ. astonishing. It, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I saw. I, I actually, I was going for a run that day. Uh, and that is that is gen, my general route, uh, and I go past the cenotaph, mm-hmm. and um, I saw like all the police in the crowds. I stopped for a couple of minutes, and I was like, "Nope, I'm not even going to give this the time of day." No. Like that's that's exactly what they want. But, but um, also, I don't think anyone's. It's such a a, a false target. It, yes, <laughs> it, um, because no one was going for the cenotaph. Yeah, no, it no, was never. It's, uh, so it, they're just doing that to try and look important, but no one was. It's not like anyone was trying it out to destroy the cenotaph or something. No. Yeah, yeah. Can't exactly. really think of a thing you could do more to get people not on your side than damaging the cenotaph. Yeah, in a city. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> in in the UK, I think that's really. Why would anyone do that if they wanted people to support their cause? It just wouldn't. Oh, yeah, it, I mean, in, in a way, you almost have to thank them. It's like you've done everyone a huge favor because it's incredible, isn't it? The absolute stu- It's such an own goal. It was almost like two different. It's almost this is giving them way too much credit because they believe what they were doing. <laughs> but it's almost like um, two different extremes of how to present uh, uh, anti being anti racist. Which is one is protesting and saying you know Black Lives Matter, uh, everyone should be treated fairly, and then the other one is to almost do like sort of a weird role play, where you're being an absolute <laughs> moron in the centre of town <laughs> to really highlight how stupid it is to be a racist. Yes, yeah, like is if, this they, a if they were a theatre troupe doing a performance piece, I wouldn't have been surprised because <laughs> it's incredible. It's just two weeks in a row of people really driving home the point of how stupid racism is, how and hateful it's- it is. It's amazing as well that um, I think great move by the organisers of um, Black Lives Matter just to not even, you know, not even go anywhere near where these mm-hmm. <laughs> these anti anti racist protests were happening yeah. uh, because they ended up assaulting police anyway. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the thing. The oh, thing. I don't get it. Like, it's it's mind blowing. It's honestly the mental gymnastics. Yeah, it's the right words for it. I the think. ones in London were worse, I think, than in Bristol. But oh, totally. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, well, we won't even talk about it because it's just not worth it. But fuck those guys. Just a yeah. hard fuck those dudes. Absolutely interesting times you live in, right? Mental gymnastics. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm hoping. That... Not that many of them could do gymnastics, probably. <laughs> from what I saw. Or solve anything that involves mental capacity. Oh, that's some <laughs> amazing. If again, only watch it if you. Well, it is funny, but it's also obviously serious because they are racists. But there's so many good <laughs> people interviewing people at the, those anti. Hang on. Yeah. Anti. Oh anti racism protests. It's really difficult to make sure you say the right one. Um, <laughs> yeah. And them trying to them trying to um, 
elucidate on what they uh, not that they would use that word but on what they're what they're protesting about <laughs> none of them can it's so incredible there's, there's the guy who's um the churchill statue screaming about how churchill killed hitler yep that's a good one um there's an older oh, one from a few years back where there's a guy going on about um and this is his words uh muslamic ray guns oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's astonishing just let them talk and they just it's the internet giving these people a platform to find other morons though as well which is which is actually yeah. uh wild as well because we we have a lot of uh war memorials uh and statues to commemorate it here which no one wants to tear down war memorials no one has ever <laughs> discussed that but you'd think with the amount of statues there if this is the main source of where people are apparently learning history you'd think that maybe these idiots would have a better grip of it i know <laughs> Yeah, here is a statue of Winston Churchill. You know scope Hitler. <laughs> but like the Edward Colston statue, I think it, it was put up 100 years after he died. It was, yes. And it took yeah. them years and years to get the money together to even build it because nobody cared uh, about yep. putting his statue up. And it seems to be, from what I've looked... Yeah, there's this, there's this weird shadow merchant, group called like I can't the Mer- Society of yeah. Merchant Traders. And, yeah, they're all, they're not quite a secret society, but they are. And they're quite the ones who got the money together in the end in like the Victorian era. But um, it seems mm. to be the cult of Colston, if you will. Seems to, from what I can gather <laughs> from what I've been looking into, seems to have just built up over the 20th century. Um, I didn't know this. They had like a parade thing in his name up until 2017. Or what? like a sort of not like um not like floats and stuff, but I'll try and find it later because <laughs> I saw Jesus it a while ago. But it was some kind of like sort of ceremony and like a sort of um Fucking like hell. on his day or on his birthday or whatever. I can imagine. I imagine there'd be a lot of people Morris dancing. No, they all look like they were going out for some kind of posh do it, like eating or something like that. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, mm. yeah, Colston Day. Mm. I think Colston Day. Yeah, but I mean, I've lived in Bristol for uh, too long, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I've never heard of it before. I only found it the other day, but it's strange. They took the um, letters off the, the Colson Tower as well. Did, did you see that? Saw that as well, yeah. And Colson Hall Yeah, that well, one, the Colson Hall one's been in the works for um, a while. Yeah. But they found but they, they've they been actually talking about it for years. Had a nudge to get rid of it. Yeah, they've actually. So I yeah. think that one. I do kind of think it's them piggybacking a movement because it's already been decided. I put. I will put any money that it is absolutely nothing to do with any kind of morals or ethics. It will one hundred percent just become the Samsung Hall or something like. Oh, it's one hundred percent. But I think I think the name change was because of the slave links. Um, when they yeah, originated they, 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 it, they, they, but it will become like the Thatchers for a good couple of years now. You know, yeah, yeah. Bristol. I, I'm, I'm Colston, still... they are going to put something else up there instead because they're going to, I think, have ten different names to pick from. I think for what Colston Tower. Tower. Sorry, yeah. So that one again, the same people who will argue to the death, like, "Well, it's just a name. Why does it matter?" But in the same breath, burst into tears at the thought of that name changing. Uh, those those yeah. folk are coming out of the woodwork and. <laughs> absolutely furious that colston towers changing colston towers privately owned like the owner of that building could call it fart tower they could absolutely <laughs> call it the bristol fart tower well the american president has loads of hotels with the word trump on the front of it which always made me laugh um but they are picking 10 names because i think 
that tower, I don't care what it says. I'm glad it don't, I'm glad it's not saying Colston anymore. I just really mm. like seeing buildings with like big sort of neon signs like that. Yes. Which I always liked and about most, that building. But most of those you're still going to get that if it's called like the Bristol Tower or whatever it ends up being uh, called. The Robert E. Lee Tower. <laughs> oh no, oh no. <laughs> Candyland. <laughs> Have you seen, obviously we can't go on, we could never cover everything, but did you see the most redneck of all sports, uh, NASCAR, yeah. uh, has been yeah. one of the most progressive of all the uh, sports, which, I mean, that, that was, might be because they had more work to do. Yes, so, um, uh, because when lockdown first started, they were doing these virtual NASCAR streams where it hmm. was um, the drivers just basically playing like a NASCAR game. And they were sort of streaming it on like Twitch or YouTube or something like that. And during one of these races being broadcast online, one of the drivers dropped the N-word. No way. Fucking yeah. hell. Yeah. So yeah, they, 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 probably, they probably have like the most work to do. What is it about um, video games on the internet, people <laughs> using that word? Yeah. Like, I've played video games my whole life and it's never remotely <laughs> yes. come to mind. Yeah. About a even thinking about that word, or b like yes, this is something I should say at this <laughs> yeah. moment in time. Because um, they, uh, the makers of Call of Duty, uh, I think uh, Infinity Ward, who did the most recent one, Modern yeah. Warfare, have said, okay, we will be taking steps now to remove because Call of Duty is absolutely plagued with a lot of racist usernames and symbols it. and stuff like that. It's re- really one of the things that just like. Grind, it grinded away at me. It's like, okay, I, just, I don't want to play this game because, like, like you right. look at the leaderboard at the end, and there's like five people who've got like the N word in their name. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yep. But you just and, get away uh, with it because they'll put a, a number in instead of a letter. Yeah. And, oh. so, so, anyway, they, the, the makers of Call of Duty were like, yeah, we're going to, um, we're going to work to actually remove any kind of like racist usernames or iconography or anything like that from the game. It's like, wait, you had the means to do this for years, and you're just doing it yep. now. Like, what yep. the hell? That word hasn't suddenly become offensive in the yeah. last... <laughs> um, because yeah. I, I would never use it. I ignore it. I block it out. So I wasn't even familiar that it was in the game. <laughs> Put a mental block on it. I just... It's so fascinating to me because obviously that word's been around for um, decades and decades and decades. Wait, what word's mm-hmm. that? Sorry, Noms? Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, let me just fire up my PlayStation and uh, we might hear it by the end of the stream. But... Um, <laughs> I remember before I watched um, um, the, the first time I really remember that word coming in was we watched um, Blazing Saddles. <laughs> and I remember okay. my dad, before we watched it, having to sort of sit down and explain what it meant and what that was, why they were saying it and how bad it was um, before we could enjoy it, the film. Mm-hmm. Because obviously they say it throughout the whole thing. Um, I just... Yeah, Infinity War don't have a leg to stand on, is what I'm saying. The, the usernames have never been acceptable, ever. I don't. I hate the fact they're now using these protests to suddenly be like, oh, actually, um, now we've decided it's, it's time that yeah. we accept our words not good enough. It's never been acceptable. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think there's and there's a lot of there's a lot of companies now piggybacking this. Yeah, I, it's it's a bit of a funny one, isn't it? Because you part. Part of you thinks, okay, is this is this company is just doing this for publicity and saving face? But then I think about, say, you know, the protests in Bristol and how lots of people that I work with were there. And I think, well, actually, mm-hmm. 
you know, from like if you polled the majority of the company, people would feel very strongly about this. Therefore, yes, this statement is representative of the people that work there. Mm-hmm. It's also very hard not to feel a little bit cynical when you're told we're going to really pledge and try and make a difference. It's like, this has always been an issue. Why is it, you know, why was this not discussed before? I get mm-hmm. the, the saying, the saying that I, the, that I heard, which I think sums up to me is, um, better late than never, but never late is better. Ooh. Yeah. I guess that's it. If, if someone's progressing in the right way, why, you know, why just go hard on criticizing that? I think my favorite example of that I've seen recently is, do you know Bethesda, the video games company? Yes. Uh, they have changed their social media accounts because they have one for each continent, pretty much, to the pride flag, uh, except in the Middle East and in, uh, I think, Asia. Right. Um, so it's just like, well, what are you even trying to say here or what kind of commitment yeah. are you making yeah. to a cause if you can't even commit to it fully you're only doing it in the demographics where you know you'll still be able to sell games and it won't affect your sales like yeah. why even bother yeah, yeah exactly yeah, exactly not not sincere yeah um music yeah I, well <laughs> I, I think with <clears throat> i guess just one one last question on that one like jim to you does it feel like maybe this is actually a new day maybe there there really is the spark of something going in the right direction now uh i don't know um okay i i would hope so and i want to be really optimistic um i also think that if you look at you know where a lot of the world is politically uh, politically um there has been a real turn towards a lot of um yeah political conservatism over the last um five or ten years like yeah. in the uk um and in the u.s uh, and there's been a lot more political tribalism where you are either, it's it's a very much like a, okay, I, I can't think, yes, I support one ideal on the, you know, towards the right, but I also support this ideal towards the left. There's been a lot of people who have very much boxed themselves into a political corner. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, even something as rational as, um, people of colour shouldn't be murdered by the police suddenly becomes a political statement. Uh, and so my main concern, or what I think will be a main blocker, will be that there are some people who will just never, ever get it because they think simply by recognising what is a horrible truth for a lot of people that somehow they would be betraying their own political beliefs. And that's what so that's what really kind of frustrates me. But at the same yeah. time, I cannot think of a time when I've seen people more passionate, uh, more engaged, uh, and more open and willing to understand. Mm. Um, it's funny because it almost feels like it's like, hey, that you know, um, people have been talking about this stuff for years and you almost become, and I imagine for a lot of people, you almost become numb to it. Uh, I think for a lot of people, you know, pe- people are saying why now and things like that. But like, you, you know, it's, it's easy to become numb. It's easy to accept things as the status quo. So, you know, if not now, then when? Uh, yeah, I agree. I've probably, I've definitely been guilty of doing that. 
in the past yeah. and just being aware of it but not really you know you, you, you paying as much at, attention as i should yeah you, you look I, you know I, stuff about you know people of color dying at the hands of the police in america uh happens. just putting it that simply shows you how insane yeah being against that is. all yeah. the time but it, it's completely it's just you just look at it and you go america uh and you go you look at you know racism in america and you go god yeah america is so racist i'm so glad i don't live there therefore by proxy the uk doesn't have an issue of racism it absolutely does but mm-hmm. in the uk we pride ourselves on not being or is defining ourselves as not being a racist country because the problems that we have aren't as overt as those in other countries like america i think not having um, militarized police makes it less yeah. obvious i think like, yeah. Um, yeah yeah um but then you you listen to people's experiences and you realize that you know for a lot of people this is stuff they've had to deal with every day of their life to the point where it just becomes everyday life and you just carry on. You just think, well, this is just the way things are going to be. Mm. And I think seeing people, I'm probably, I'm, if I'm rambling a little bit, I'm sorry. Uh, but if you are now just seeing, again, people have a platform to speak and what's more, people are listening. And that to me is such a positive. Um, I think, again, I'm going to post this on like my Twitter if anyone follows, but like I said that we have had these amazing conversations in the last few years about gender equality and LGBT equality as well, LGBTQ equality. Um, and I feel like in my head, like those have made a difference. We've done more to narrow things like the gender pay gap. Uh, and we've done more to raise awareness for the LGBTQ community. For example, Pride is celebrated by so many people now of mm. all walks mm-hmm. of life. It's an amazing thing. And I think... In as part of that, for one reason or another, conversations about racial equality have kind of been almost put on the back burner. Um, they've fallen to one side. And I think there's room at the table for discussion for all of these things. And yeah. so it's really great to see this stuff up at the forefront and realizing that, you know, Black Lives Matter applies to feminism, it applies to gender, it applies to LGBT, it applies to all sorts of stuff. And I just think it's really, it, it means a lot to me to see um, this, this, this discourse, um, you know, uh, having some focus on it. Mm-hmm. So I am, I'm incredibly optimistic. Um, I just hope, you know, people can keep the momentum going. Couldn't have yeah. said it better myself. Yeah, that's amazing. Bang on. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of those things as well, it's important to remember that just because these things, as like you said, with gender with lgbtq with race just because these things don't seem to be happening to you doesn't mean that they don't exist so if you if you can take time to speak to people who may be you know at some the receiving end some some real shit because of these things learn their story what's what's been really educational for me is um like uh jk rowling uh i mean uh because you know, uh, I, I'm not going to fully understand, of course not, like, you know, what the trans experience is like. Um, and I've always tried to, you know, to be as empathetic and engaged as I can. Mm-hmm. And then seeing the people come and speak against J.K. Rowling, you go, okay, cool, like, I'm understanding their story a bit more, and things like that. It's almost like, unfortunately, it can take something kind of shitty to happen for people to actually then be given the opportunity to let it's in your face you have to you know you should engage with this you've not got an excuse now yeah um, I, think, 
And although I think what, for example, what J.K. Rowling said has upset so many people, it's also taught me so much as well. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Well, I was just because I think all these things, lots of people I'm sure find it very difficult to talk about it or, or where to start talking about it, I imagine. I mean, I do sometimes. Um, but it's also one of those things that just will get easier the more people are just talking openly yeah. about all of this as well. But it's that starting thing. The J.K. Rowling thing's been around for... It's been around for a while now. For ages. Mm. But I feel because of the current climate with all the Black Lives Matter um, protests, like you were saying, it all feeds in. Yeah. It should all feed in, be at the table together. I feel like that's got more coverage now, rightly, negatively against her. Yeah. Um, okay. I spoke because to, of this, which is... I spoke to a friend and also a listener who I was... Um, uh, but it's because uh, she said, you know, um, that like, yeah, feminism includes trans uh, trans as well. And that if you, you know, she's quite adamant, like, if you don't support trans women, you can't identify as a feminist. And I was like, okay, this is like something which I, you know, this is not something I'm schooled on. Like, could you just explain this to me so I can understand, you know, because like I want, I want to learn and make sure I can be mm. an ally, and make sure I can support. Uh and she took the time to say, I mean, she's, by her admits, she was a little high at the time when she messaged me. But she, <laughs> yeah. she took the time to actually kind of explain uh, where it's coming from and like, you know, different ways of feminism. And there's people who, you know, uh, TERFs versus, Turf, you know, yeah. yeah, this is like, say, more modern uh, appro- approach that is more inclusive. Uh, and that was like, thank you. Cheers. Like, this is something I didn't know about. It, I wasn't going to be, you know, just go and make an assumption and like, as they take up oxygen, you know, uh, and go and just like spout my opinion about any kind just of knowledge. Just wait in the middle of it. No research. Exactly. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, and now, and I feel, you know, slightly enriched now for, uh, for knowing more about it. So I think, I think that's, that's the key. Just like, if it's something you don't know about and you, you know, you may, just, just be smart enough to realise that you don't know everything. And there's people who are going to know more, know more than you, and people who are going to have their story to tell. And just take five minutes to listen because you're going to know so much more. That's the thing as well. I think ideally, what you've described is what the internet should be. <laughs> in, 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 in an ideal yeah. world, that's what it should be. It should be being able to connect with people, different yeah. backgrounds. Uh, and learning more, but obviously for whatever reason, as much of that's going on, people have also just decided to find the people they already associate with or identify with and not actually. I, I, think, I think it's validating. It's, it's that self-validating. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. think especially when, uh, you know, you're seeing it from, I'm saying, I'm not generalizing. But I think everybody does it this. to some degree. Mm. Mm, yeah, yeah, of course. Totally. Like, there is, there is the, you know, the kind of the wind tunnel type thing. Um, but uh, echo chamber, even winter. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be the dream, right? All, all the bad takes just float past so, you in the wind. We're such good friends. We didn't say anything. We're like, yeah, wind tunnel. <laughs> yeah, of course, Lewis. So I'm going to start using it in conversation now. So uh, <laughs> it's just there's the wind tunnel. Just to say thanks. Um, I, th- I think because you're seeing it from um, certainly a lot of kind of older generations that have maybe never had these things challenged as as in your faces now, uh, and you're seeing it from these groups that you know. They're being challenged on these shitty opinions. And I think it's that defense mechanism. If you go into Shell and you just need some kind of validating from someone else with a shitty opinion, mm. that 
Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's you versus the also, world. Do you know what's a good example the end, of that? At the end of the day as well, no, I was gonna, oh no, go on, you go first now. It's just, you know, if you've got like something wrong with you, not majorly, but like, you know, you've got a weird pain in your arm or, right. and then you go on to WebMD or whatever, and you just go through the different symptoms. Do you find the one that sounds the least dangerous, but, but you agree with? <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, I haven't got, I haven't got, I'm not having a heart attack, but it's probably just this one in yeah. a million thing. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to be that one instead and not actually That's worry, but it could on. be anything worse. I think also yeah. as well, that like even, even if they are, no one probably self-identifies as a racist. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure not. Or a misogynist or a homophobe. You know, it's like, hey, the thing you say is racist. Like, people don't turn around and say, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Um, I didn't realise that. I will do better in the future. They say, well, no, I'm not racist, but, or... I think yeah, yeah, but key varies. About this, but this, yeah, this you, other you, you white get, man had the same yeah, opinion as me. Yeah, How the been willing to change because it's yeah, okay he, to be a hypocrite if it means you no longer hold yeah. the opinions you used to hold that were wrong. Yeah, yeah. There's there's this uh, complete sort of um, erroneous like belief that learning and growing and changing your opinion means that you are a hypocrite because you don't stand for what you did, you know, five years ago. Whatever. It's like that's not the case. Which. Um, I think cancel culture is actually massively at fault for with that because it, it, you know, the whole we need to delete this person because they said one thing 12 years ago or whatever. The problem you're getting into there is that doesn't allow for growth or yeah, change. I think I've been thinking about this because I think there are some examples where, you know, yes, uh, like <sighs> Kevin Spacey should be cancelled. But Fair. then that's someone yes. who's had a whole lifetime of doing exactly yes. that yeah. thing. Yes. It's not uh, yeah. even if it was a one-off um, incident. But you know what I mean. Um, and there's yeah. um, you know, and an, and an example of like cancel culture that was more recently was um, Kevin. We talked about that part on the podcast actually. Kevin Hart, who had made homophobic jokes on Twitter, and it cost him the Oscars hosting gig, and he didn't really issue a sincere apology and kind of doubled yeah. down on it. And so yeah. that, although it didn't cancel his career, he's still one of the most popular comedians out it was there. It's very disappointing though. It, yeah, yeah it, it obviously canceled, you know, one of the most high profile gigs anyone can have for him. Um, but like, the thing about that is, is, you know, I mean, the problem there is that we haven't really seen any growth from him, but like, you know, he's, I guess you, that is a situation where that person does have the opportunity to grow. Um, I think the worst yeah. thing about council culture is there are some people that you like, fuck, drown that voice out, silence it, we don't want to hear it. But there's yes. times it's like, if you completely cancel them, then they're going to fall back into like that echo chamber or wind tunnel. <laughs> Just <laughs> double like, down. They're, they're, nev- they're going to double down. Yeah, they're going yeah. to, the only voices they're going to hear are the people who say, no, you're right to think that. And like, it's everyone else's fault, they're wrong. And you just, they're never gonna learn um, i'll tell you what i am fed up with is the internet apology video i feel <laughs> i love people it. don't apologize sincerely which is their yep. first fault i think yeah yep. um they apologize in a way which is not necessarily oh i'm sorry you were offended but it's along those lines mm-hmm. they, they always do it like they've just woke up like someone shoved <laughs> yeah. the camera in their face <laughs> they've got no makeup on and they're like well, I can't. That's not a visual podcast, but like rubbing their face, <laughs> yeah, and moving their hands uh, across their scalp. His face. Um, and I think that's become like its own thing, where people think they can just do they just hit X Y Z marks in their apology, 
and then people will forgive them. Yeah, uh, go, go quiet like, for a little bit. Maybe like um, like remove comments from your like your social media for a little bit, and then in you know six weeks' time, if that, just come back again and assume that everyone's going to be okay with it. Yeah, just it blows my mind some of the things people have in their uh, Twitter feeds. Yeah, and sometimes it's like it's fifteen be years shit ago. Out there. I mean, sometimes it's like six months ago, and I think there's a big difference there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, of course. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Depending uh, on what it is, obviously. Yeah, um, I feel like if you know, it, it, it's going to be everyone. Everyone's going to have different opinions on this, and also you've got to think about, say, the people who are saying, "No, fuck this dude, fuck her, cancel them." You know, potentially they're going to have had life experiences with someone similar for example who may have said something similar someone something hurtful done something hurtful and they've seen maybe the worst of this and so yeah they are going to absolutely um not hold back when it comes to counseling someone mm-hmm. we don't necessarily know the experiences of the people mm, of who are saying counsel yeah of course um and i think that's maybe something i think the world just needs a lot more empathy this is why I don't go on Twitter. That's why I don't have a Twitter. I oh just... my! Do you know what Twitter? I've been on it so much because lo- lockdown partly responsible for it. The jokes also, on it are amazing. Yeah, when when Twitter is funny, it is absolutely incredible. When someone does a bad take and everyone dog pals on them, they're like you fucking idiot. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's hilarious. Or like you know, yeah, the jokes you get on there. Are the picture so of that good. guy from Greece. <laughs> yeah, he's meant to be a teenager and he looks forty. Yeah. yeah. Like I like I absolutely love that stuff, but it's um it's when you get into say like a news article, I think let's check the comment section. You get, oh no, what am I doing? Or like somehow something Katie Hop uh, Katie Hopkins has said has made its way Ugh. onto my feed after someone has like commented on it. Comment sections like, are the worst yeah, thing I'm on like, the internet. Oh no, why am I seeing this? Uh, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that it's a uh, that kind of sucks about it. Um. But you you can you can do generally quite a good job of like curating. I think with Facebook and Instagram specifically, you can do a very good job. Sorry, not Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Facebook can fucking burn. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, you can do a very good job of curating your social media feed. But are you just creating a bubble for yourself? You know, it's yeah. So how do you stay woke without your mind going broke? That's what I say. <laughs> no, uh, shit yeah right telling it like it is mm, yeah um speaking of you know progressive views and generally you know moving with the times i've been listening to a lot of dream theater lately oh uh, i thought you were gonna go on about uh the other the other topic we were going to talk about but uh, it's fine. <laughs> i might have a segue for that Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You've yeah, been on a real journey with uh, Dream Fair, haven't you? Yeah. So. Uh, music talk now, guys. Guys, uh, actually, I just want to say as well. Um, this is probably this one's been obviously we didn't we didn't even really get, kind of go in planning an episode for this one. But we didn't even talk um, about this before. Hit what we talked about, but I, not in terms of the podcast. Yeah, I guess we just sort of uh, had to share how we feel. Um, how can you not? And yeah, for, this is a bit different because usually we're very just a very dumb show, and <laughs> we do like to have we like to have a laugh, you know. Um, but um, thank you for listening so far for this one because yeah it is definitely uh, definitely a bit different for us yeah but anyway on to uh, obscure uh, very <laughs> non-mainstream inaccessible uh, music and band. hey Jim 
Jim, what's the whitest music you can think of right now? <laughs> Why is it progressive metal? Yeah. Um, yeah, because ever since you said you listened to Images and Words again, Lewis, was it Images yeah. and Words or was it um, Scenes from Emery? Uh, it was both. Both, but, uh, yeah. Images and Words was the, was the one that well, it kicked it off it. again. Yeah, yeah, I've basically been on a dream theatre odyssey where I've made my entire way through their discography. It's been amazing to read when you've I been given us updates. I, I, I have to do like one a day. I can't listen to two Dream Theater albums in a row. It's no too much. Can. No one's. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't believe anyone's ever done that. <laughs> <laughs> and I love them, but yeah, yeah. Um, but I've come off with a whole new appreciation for that band. Uh, I think they cool. definitely have their hit and miss moments. Um, but their, their the, output is so. There's so much of it, and so consistently, like every couple of years. New album, yeah. bang. Like, I fell off of them and missed, like, six albums, seven albums. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, is crazy. Yeah, and then, yeah, they're there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess, for those who don't know, yeah, Dream Theater, they are a very, I would describe them as, like, the definition of nerdy prog rock. Yes. Yeah. Completely, yeah. It's like a, a metal rush. Yeah, I would guess so, yeah. Um, I they're not to as good as Rush, but, yeah. Who is? So, <laughs> good point yeah but yeah i started off with images and words made my way album for album obviously like awake change of seasons uh falling into infinity scenes from memory Train change of, of seasons is absolutely incredible uh six degrees of inner turbulence octavarium systematic chaos no you've missed one which one have i missed train of thought no i said train of thought did you? But I did it out of order because I got... Uh, I got when, what's the point? Yeah. Turn this off. Yeah. <laughs> I did start again. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, Scenes uh, for Memory is the one that I got into um, when I started listening to Dream Theater. It's, yeah, it's... it's I, my I, first I, was Images and Words and then that was... I think that feels like the next, the right follow-up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess well, because... It's, got a sequel. It is, it's a sequel it to is. one of the songs. <laughs> <It> is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's such a major flex to put out an album and then put a song called Part One on the album, then not follow it up for eight years. Or... And then follow it up as a whole album as well. Yeah. <laughs> not just a song. Or it is fully a joke, and then years later, you're like, oh, uh, yeah, okay, maybe we could. We, could we actually have to do deliver this. on this now, yeah. <laughs> 100, I, I, there is not a single part of me that thinks that Dream Theatre plans in eight years' time to do a follow-up album to this one song of, their, like, of James <laughs> the Dream's no, first totally, release. J- just like George Lucas planned 12 movies back in like 1976 <laughs> when he started filming Star Wars, but, they I mean, had planned to do a follow-up to this album years, like, years later. I think the, the Dream Theater thing, for people who don't know, I think the, the musicians are pretty much virtuosos uh, at their I would instruments. Scrap, I would scrap the words pretty much. Well, except for, except for, I was going to say the singer, I would say. <laughs> He's a good singer, but also his range is it's weird. There's so well, much variety of you know variation in his singing. Because he, he blew his voice. James, Le, Kevin James Labrie. Oh yeah, uh, that's his real name. He, um, Kevin. Kevin. Yeah, Kevin James Labrie. Kevin James for cheese. Kevin yeah. James. Yeah. Is, is the Hang on. Kevin, oh. we, you could have had a band with Kevin Labrie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to our friend Dave for dropping that one on us the other day because it was incredible. Kevin um, Labrie. Kevin Labrie. <laughs> well, Kevin James. 
Sorry, okay. <laughs> you carry on. I'm... That's all right. Uh, but they're incredible musicians. Uh, I think it's fair Ke- to say. Ke- Kevin James. He... <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin James. He um, he blew his voice somewhere in like the 90s and like he never really recovered from it. So he can never quite hit those high notes that he did on the mm. early records. Um, and I think that's why they... Um, got like a little bit heavier in terms of their guitar tone to make up for the fact that he couldn't necessarily hit like the high notes anymore. That's so my theory. I, yeah, I don't know, because this seems to be the thing that whenever someone gets worse at singing, they're like, oh, they had this incident. Uh, it can never be that they've just got worse at singing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I can name for you so many singers who have just got worse at singing. <laughs> but then I don't think he's got... He, he has got worse, but I don't think he's got like he can still like really technically sing. worse. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, he can still really sing. We're not talking yeah. about I don't know Vince Neil just off the top of my head <laughs> in terms of people <laughs> singing. Uh, yeah, it's not like that, El- that Elton John performance in his back garden. The best, Lewis. Did you watch it? Yet? Oh fuck's sake, no! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Right, can we pause? I really yeah. want you to watch it if we're talking about singers. Okay. Glad we're still recording, actually. Look at me, I'm coming back. I've got a taste of love and a simple. You need to know I'm still standing. You just fade away. What? I'm still standing there and I ever do. Look like a truth of lava. Feel like a little cat. I'm still standing. Oh, my God. Wow. It's pretty good, isn't wow. it? That sounds like, um, Jesus Christ, that sounds like, you know, uh, Barry from EastEnders when he's... Yeah. <laughs> Mustang <laughs> Sally. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's like proper karaoke. Fuck. I know. Well, I was thinking about this. So he, when he sings live, I've noticed, because I've watched some other videos, he does tend to sound a little bit like that. Anyway, not to that degree, Elton John. Yeah. Uh, but... He doesn't, he's trying to, I think if you watch the video, he's trying to G himself up without having a crowd there. So I think <laughs> he's trying reckon? to get himself pumped up, but he's got nothing to feed off of, obviously, because he's in his garden. I don't, I don't know. I would, I think the, but first isn't question that that, the first question that I would ask is, was he already stocked up or has he managed to find a cocaine dealer that's willing to brave a pandemic? <laughs> no, <laughs> not anymore. I think, I generally yeah. think he is clean. At this yeah, point. yeah I think so. he's the man who yeah. Ozzy said that if he hung out with him too much, he would have died by now. <laughs> he just hosts like glitzy he sounds Oscar <laughs> after show parties. But How I did we say... get onto that? Sorry, from Kevin Dream James. Kevin James. Yeah, it's oh, Kevin James. His vocals. <laughs> Kevin James uh, Debris yeah. and his vocals. <laughs> Kevin James. I think my favourite thing about Kevin James Labrie 
at yeah. the moment, the modern day Kevin James LeBray. Because <laughs> yeah. before he joined Dream Theater, he was in like a glam rock band. And he was a mall cop. He tried he, to do a serious film, didn't he, recently? Oh, yeah, we played a racist. Yeah, you can tell he's racist because his character has a swastika tattooed on the back of his head. Um, yeah. That's the oh, actual Christ. Kevin James, not Kevin the James. The actual Kevin Lebrae. James, not Kevin James LeBrae. <laughs> Who does he, have a swastika? Yeah. <laughs> he used to be uh, in a 80s glam rock band. He had that kind of look to him back in the day. But now he's kind of like, he's definitely gone grey, but he dyes his hair jet black and his beard jet black and probably his eyebrows as well. And it just makes yeah. it, He's got a weird look now. He looks a bit like an owl. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Yes. <laughs> but it must be true. Also, like, Kevin James' real name is not Kevin James. So the Kevin James, James Debris, Debris has got more <laughs> right to be in, say, King of Queens or whatever than uh, Kevin George Nipfing, which is uh, uh, Kevin James's name. <laughs> Keep up if you listen at home. <laughs> God, we've gone from Black Lives Matter to Kevin James, Paul Blart, Moorcock, LeBrew. <laughs> well, give the people what they want. <laughs> um, this, is, this is far more on brand. Guys, yeah. uh, okay, just just as part of my Dream Theater Odyssey, okay? Have you been enjoying like, the Dream Theater Odyssey? Yes, so yeah. much. Um, it's funny because they're a band who are super influential and like, I'm a big Between the Buried and Me fan, one of my favourite prog metal mm-hmm. bands. Yep. And I, the Dream Theater influence is so obvious on them. But Dream Theater yep. also have a really weird thing where like, you can tell exactly what albums they've been listening to when yes. they record their, their current album. Like, Octavarium. Octavarium sounds so much like Muse. Uh, it's like He does actually hit the high notes on there, but it's got all the like operatic sort of theatricality to it. That's where um, I fell off from Octavarium. Yeah. Um, With... Um, with uh, seven degrees, six degrees of inner turbulence, you can tell Paul had an album out like the year before because the way <laughs> okay. a lot of the chord progression works on it is, you know, like is exactly mm. like the build up is exactly like a tool song. Uh, you can tell that like on Train of Thought, like, um, you know, a lot of sort of heavier bands started to appear on the scene because like the guitars just get way heavier and more down tuned, like almost slightly new metalish uh, in places. Yeah. Like they. They completely wear their influences on this. Like, it surprised me. They may have actually done it. I just missed it. Like, they must have done, like, a Gent-style album at some point. Maybe some of, one of the more recent ones is a bit more Genty. I don't know. Because I know they've been hanging around with Periphery and stuff, so it wouldn't surprise well, me it's whatsoever. John, John Petrucci's nephew is Jake Bowen. Of course, yeah, exactly. So, I, but I'm excited for that, honestly. Um, so it's weird hearing their... Like, also... Um, on one of the six weeks of turbulence, I think it's got a song which straight up sounds like a latter day Oasis ballad. <laughs> All the production, everything. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure in the music video, Kevin James Debris is also wearing like a Parker and round sunglasses <laughs> or something. He's got a haircut, <laughs> yeah. With like the yeah. uh, county council style haircut. Yeah. It's just him wearing a paparazzi giving him the <laughs> Silver teardrops crawl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's quality. I need, I need to ask you guys uh, if you could try and explain what the story of Scenes from Memory Metropolis Part 2 is. Oh, I know what please, it is. Please yeah, explain. I, I so, know what it is now. So you take it away. Essentially, it's. Uh, oh, how, somebody... does it relate, how does it relate to Part 1 as well? See, I'd have to go back to Part 1 for that part, so I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. 
but part two is about a guy he goes to also spoilers for the album which you can't say very often but <laughs> spoilers um he goes to a hypnotherapist gets put in a trance and realizes that he's lived a past life and in his past life he was a woman that was murdered named victoria victoria and a lot of the story is about how she came to be murdered and her life and stuff like that but the twist ending is it turns out the um, hypnotherapist is his past life is the man who killed uh, Victoria and he's been looking that's why he's a hypnotherapist because he's been looking for Victoria through these past life trans- uh, regressions yep so it actually ends with him murdering uh, the main character of the album right at the end that's why the record scratches at ah, the very okay. end because he breaks into the home you hear a bit of yeah thing and then he murders him because he's essentially I guess through all his past lives, keeps tracking down whoever Victoria is and murdering. Yeah. Them. Okay. Yeah. Because... And, in, and in Metropolis Part One, uh, I think is uh, is the, their spirits being confined because it's the part, isn't it? It's like the two of you will be confined to this mind. Oh, right. Cool. Okay. Because I thought Part One was about this um, overweight guy who wants to join the police force. He can't make it in. Oh, so no. he takes a job oh, no. uh, protecting oh. the mall, but then the mall gets taken over by terrorists. And in a kind of comedy diehards, you know, you know I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Good. Also, <laughs> can I just point out, we've gone from Black Lives Matter to joking about Paul Blart not being good enough to get into the police. <laughs> <laughs> also, just want to highlight as well, because like, I feel like that story as well really escalates because like... Well, Paul Blart. Well, in the second Both, one, he goes yeah. to Vegas, doesn't he? So. Yeah. Um, he, in the second one... And it's and it's he, clever, because everyone in more security is a fat, stupid idiot, uh, as that seen, film would have you believe, um, have you seen, according to the film. Have you ever seen, seen um, Observe and Report? Ugh. No. Yeah, that's a quality okay. film. Okay, so it's like the dark side of the... Like, of, uh, like, if, Kevin like, James. Paul, if Paul Blart was, like, a... was made by Martin Scorsese in the 70s, <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like Seth Rogen and Michael Payne. Yeah, and uh, like uh, he's like he's a mall cop uh, who is like absolutely. De- it's like a taxi driver type situation. He's like absolutely desperate to kind of be relevant and famous and known, and he's just waiting for like it's. I mean, it probably seems incredibly dark now in 2020, but he's almost waiting for like a big crime to happen in the mall so he can stop it and become famous. It's, wow, okay. Yeah, that is literally the, the plot, right? Of <laughs> Paul Blart, yeah. more clop, more clop. Like, fuck that. <laughs> Kevin James Lebrie. Because <laughs> another thing that I like about the story for Scenes from Memory is like, there's lots and lots going on in all the lyrics. So I'm never really paying attention to it. But then it feels like when you get to the very last song, it explains the entire story, almost like they were recording the album as they had to wrap it up. Because it, like, it just really escalates on that last song. Oh, that last song, man. So, you know, and it just repeats that riff for like three minutes. Mm. And none of the guitars song. or synths or anything change in the slightest. The only thing that changes uh, are Mike Portnoy's drum parts. And he's just playing around that riff. I think that's maybe one of my top like pieces of music ever. Just, it's amazing, isn't it? It is fucking incredible. The different like feels that he puts in. 
Oh man, I think all the instrumental stuff on that album is like Overture when he yeah. goes into it. Yeah. It's amazing. It, it also has the best lyrics of any song ever, which is "Feeling good this Friday afternoon." Ryan <laughs> to Julian said we get together afternoon. soon. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I used to have the DVD of the live show of it where they did the whole album, and they had an actor on stage playing the um, hypnotherapist. So he was doing like a live bit where he was reading out his bits at the start and middle and Imagine end. if the actor on stage was actually, go back and it actually was Kevin James. Yeah, I mean, he murders <laughs> the other Kevin James. <laughs> but yeah, I, th- I think that one as well, I think why I maybe love those two albums in particular is to me, that is the sound of dream theatre. That is like your pure, unadulterated dream theatre. Mm. Uh, Before they it, started chasing mainstream yeah, 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 yeah. Because they go sure. through phases of it, I find, where they yeah. go back to being proggy, then they'll try and get you chase trends, and then they'll go back to being proggy. Mm. I think they should just stick to being proggy with yeah. smaller influences. Uh, yeah, I think I think I can imagine as well. They, they feel like they don't like to be put in a box as well. Like, I think if they put out something quite crazy and proggy, they probably then think, oh, we'll just we'll just do just for the fun of writing something different, we'll go the mm. opposite direction. Um, it doesn't, I mean, I have to go back and listen to like the more recent albums, but I think before the last couple, before Mike Portnoy left, um, Systematic Chaos and uh, Black Clouds and Silver Linings, like those to me definitely feel like this is Dream Theater, this is their, their like modern sound. Mm-hmm, um, okay. They feel like their own band within those albums. I'm not Black hearing. Black Clouds and Silver Linings, really good album. Yeah. Uh, the Count of Tuscany is fantastic. Uh, but like the 20 minute one about yeah. like being trapped in some crazy guy's wine cellar is a great song but um yeah they're i think dream theater are a great band they're also a band which i don't know if i can recommend to anyone <laughs> <laughs> i think it's very difficult to get into them potentially yeah. uh i think yeah, the first, how one, in, first song how do you get into a prog band it's like they're not always the easiest band to get uh, into my mate steve made me listen to i say made me it wasn't like gunpoint but he played me uh, Change of Seasons like that song mm. which is 25 minutes long so I think you're either going to sink or swim on that <laughs> uh, well it is 25 minutes long but it does like the rush thing where there's like four different parts of it on the track listing yeah. and stuff um, and then I went straight to Scenes from Memory after that yeah, just I think, committed. I, I, think I, I jumped in at Images and Words and I think yeah. I was on a car journey with some mates actually and one of them put on Scenes from Memory uh, that's the key then you have to lock someone in a moving exactly vehicle. couldn't leave <laughs> on the, just on the on the ring road just circling on a Segway in a mall yeah exactly <laughs> Kevin James Lebrie yeah Kevin's uh, just not very difficult. rock and roll is it what the name Kevin just isn't I'm probably there's probably tons of examples now that I've I joked about uh, that but I can think of Kevin Figueredo. It's also a name I can't imagine a baby drama. having. There's just certain names. Baby Kevin. No offence <laughs> to the actual names, but you just can't imagine a baby. I can't imagine a baby called Keith. I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> baby Ian as well. Yeah. 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 Perfectly fine names when you're, even when you're like a kid, but like, I don't know, a baby. But I feel like any baby named Ian or Keith or Kevin are going to be like those like, those kids that look about 40 and they're a kid. Like, just, you're just like, yeah. <laughs> they've always Gr- got like a frown hair. on them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> instead, of, instead of having like a beaker, they drink from a Toby jug. <laughs> 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 Fucking Toby jug. Christ. 
Oh, it's too much head on that. <laughs> Uh, but like also like music wise that is literally all i've been listening <laughs> oh, yeah, right. to for the last like couple of weeks like it's just been last week or so it's been non-stop dream theater i think uh, it'd be, i think it'd be fun to to actually go through because it means 30 years since images and words right uh not quite uh it came out 92 do you know i realize it's going to be a banging yeah. year it's 91 um you know, we like to talk about albums when they're on their anniversaries. Yeah. yeah. Um, Planet Rock do a thing in the morning where they play... Sugar Shack. For an hour, they play songs from a year, <laughs> and you have to guess Sugar Shack. Oh, she's got a new one, and she repeats herself in it a lot as well. But we haven't got time for that. But they'll, they'll do an hour where they um, will play songs, and you just have to guess what the year is, um, where the songs will come from. But 91 has got so many ridiculously like iconic albums... Well, um, I was going to say the same for 1990 because uh, you've got like Seasons in the Abyss, Rust in Peace, Cowboys from Hell, uh, Porno Graffiti. Um, yeah, throw me that bone. Yeah, there you go. You're welcome. Uh, Razor's Edge? Ra- I think so. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think mm. that was a little bit later. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a few. Uh, like 10 came yeah. out in um, 1991. Oh, no, yeah, Razor's Edge was 1990. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And yeah, Nevermind was also 1991 as well. <laughs> what was that? I know my ACDC. I didn't tell yeah. you when it came out. <laughs> yeah, good job. If you don't know your ACDC, you can just bluff it because a lot of it sounds the same. Yeah. I love ACDC. Um, yeah, what's the, AC, yeah, the ACDC out song? The one about them, you know, hooking up with a woman? You know, the, song. The, the one about rocking. I like yeah. the one that rocks about rocking. Yeah. I feel like I need to say again, I, I, we all love ACDC before we start doing this. I love ACDC this. so much. Um, but for me, I think after Back in Black, it's all a bit hazy, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> I think Ra- Razor, Razor's Edge is like the good one, though. That's like the, that's probably the, the oh, Painkiller was 1990 as well. There you go. Um, Razor's Edge is really great. Except they put a Christmas song in the middle of it. <laughs> Classic. Track five is Mistress for Christmas. That's, that's the sort of shit you'd imagine Iron Maiden to do, not a... Not on a fucking album. <laughs> like, uh, or something. Imagine, imagine Seventh Son for a Seventh Son with a little drummer boy stuck in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, the, the Seventh Son was the little drummer boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I never fully got on board with uh, Brian Johnson as a singer. Okay, weird. He's he's good. He's really good. I just love Bon Scott so much. I do. Um, I just feel yeah, Bon Scott. I still don't think anyone's ever sounded like him. I think it, with him as well, he sounds like he's about to throw up his yep. entire vocal cords. Mm. Uh, but if you watch him like just screeching his heart out, there is no effort coming from him at all. He is just opening his mouth and it's coming out. Like it's, oh. you'd, you'd expect to see him like strained and coughing up blood and just nothing. Nope, that's just his voice. It's yeah, exactly. Coolest. Love it. Oh, Lewis, I know what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Um, Keep the Faith by Bon Jovi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what the fuck is going on with the spoken word section in that song? <laughs> <laughs> Why is it I mean, until now? I've never questioned it, Dan. Because, well, I, it was the first song that I heard this morning on the radio. It's just weird. What is the second word? I don't remember this at all. I'm just trying to find it now. I, I can't remember much of that song apart from the chorus. 
It's a big chorus, but I can't remember much else apart from that. It's, There's a bit where he talks about like society and like lies and like <laughs> wishing that he was blind. <laughs> it's a really weird like sort of. It's one of those spoken words bits. It's sort of very quietly under the music. It feels like he's prepping us for Bon Jovi 2020. Uh, oh, Desmond Child co-wrote that song. Interesting. I was walking in the footsteps of society's lies. I, think I don't that's like a what bit. I see no more. Sometimes I, just... I wish that I was blind. Sometimes I wait forever. Yeah, and the way he says it yeah. is very like he's about to go on a killing spree or something. It's all very... <laughs> he's or... reading a manifesto. Yeah, like <laughs> sort of thing you'd find in Raw Shark's diary. Uh... <laughs> but it just Imagine. struck me. It's the first thing I heard this morning. It's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I'm just trying to eat my toast. Oh man. Well, I, th- I mean, that's that seems like a, a beautiful place to to wrap it up, right? Yeah, I yeah. agree. <laughs> Great. Well, I think um, we'll need to do a whole episode about the thing we were going to talk about originally. Uh, I think we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, thank you for, for letting us express some views. Um, mm. I I guess if you're not hearing this bit now, then maybe you didn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I think yeah, it's. I don't know how eloquent I was about it, but I think it's important to talk about it and discuss yeah. it. So I'm glad we have. Definitely. And that's it, it now. We did talk. it. We solved it. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we cured racism. Yeah. Oh, I think. Uh, <laughs> so I think, yeah, um, we, we can kind of recommend that you check out our social medias and that, but there's probably way more important uh, places that you can go at the minute. So if, if you can, go and support Black Lives Matter movement. Um, there are so many, so many small pieces of activism that you can do, um, be it a couple of quid if you can spare it, be it a signature. There's, there are things everywhere happening. Fuck it, go and buy the brand new Black Sabbath shirt because uh, it's cool as fuck. You will it look excellent awesome. wearing it and the money goes to a great cause. So... Yeah. 100% do that. Um, the, the order of these that are coming out, I don't know. This feels maybe like it's important to come out now instead yes. of... Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. that we've already recorded. Sorry, Def Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I think previously we've, we spoke about doing another episode uh, that would be coming out now. This one's going to come out instead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's what everyone's talking about. It's for Zeitgeist. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, um, I think us us discussing uh, a made-for-TV movie about the making of a Def Leppard album. <laughs> as, long, as long as we do release it at some point, not, because otherwise really, that's not, a waste of my life. We're not really reading the room, otherwise, are we? <laughs> um. <laughs> I think that could be the, the most tone-deaf. <laughs> Imagine. Oh man! So yeah, thank you guys so so much for listening. Go out mm. and get, fucking change the world. Yeah, and then come back and listen to our episode. Five Yorkshire lads trying to make Def it in the big world. Made the TV movie hysteria. Well, uh, there's no police brutality that I can think of in that film. So where is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's such an issue, why isn't it in that made for TV movie from two thousand and one? Yeah. Why, why are these millionaire rock stars from uh, Yorkshire <laughs> dealing with racism? Oh, it God. Need oh, guys, I'm so thank glad you, so you so thought much. about that and not at least, yeah. <laughs> Man alive. Take care.
Cheers, guys. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.